Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, you would speak to us afresh. We pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit that you would continue to teach us and reveal truth to us, that we would have a fresh understanding of who you are and who we are in Jesus Christ, that, Lord, we would be filled with life, the life of the Holy Spirit, that we would be increasingly like Jesus Christ, and, Lord, we would give glory to your name, bearing fruit to your glory in every front line of our lives. And all this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I've asked Emily to share with us a story from her Bible study devotions that she read this morning that'll help to introduce what we're going to speak about today. An old widower lived alone in New Jersey. He wanted to plant his annual tomato garden on his allotment, but it was very difficult work for him in his decrepit state because of the hard ground. His only son, Vincent, used to help him, but was now incarcerated in New Jersey State Prison in Trenton. The old man wrote a letter to his son and described his predicament. Dear Vincent, I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you would be happy to dig a garden plot for me, like in the good old days. Love, Papa. A few days later, he received the following note from his son. Dear Papa, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Vinnie. At 4.30 a.m. the next day, FBI agents and the local police arrived and dug up the entire area without finding any bodies. They apologised to the old man and left. The same day, the old man received another note from his son. Dear Papa, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. Love you, Vinny. <laughs> so as Emily's story shows us, help may come from very unexpected places. Over the last number of months as a family, we've been watching a television series on the BBC called Race Across the World. It's about uh, five teams of two people each who start off in Mexico City with a very limited budget and they have to try and get to the most southerly city in the world, Ushuaia, on the very southern tip of Argentina. And to do so for the same price as it would cost to take flights there. It takes 54 days for the race to happen. And in the end, as they approach the finish line, the first two teams are only divided by 20 seconds. The thing that struck many of the teams, or perhaps all of the teams, was that they experienced the generosity of strangers. They were, they were really uh, touched, they were very emotional often by how they'd been blessed by receiving generosity from people that they'd never met before and perhaps would never meet again. And 
I think in that they uh, they were changed and how they were going to operate in the future. I was reminded of a trip that a friend and I took in our student days 30 years ago this summer. We went up and down the west coast of North America and also across Canada from west to east and we had very little money and so we relied heavily on the kindness of other people. I can still remember on one occasion because we did this trip by hitchhiking and I still remember on one occasion standing by a road for a very long period of time near San Francisco. Uh, darkness was starting to fall and we really wondered, um, we were miles from anyway, we really wondered what was going to happen. When suddenly a man stopped and he gave us a lift in his truck and uh, I'll still remember to this day as we were driving along and the cross was, uh, was hanging and, and swinging from his rear view mirror. He chatted away to us, he was very friendly. Uh, he was a real godsend to us. And um, he took us well out of his way. He took us to exactly where we needed to go to. And um, he also gave us food for our journey. Uh, we were really amazed. I, I, even today, uh, I think of that man uh, 30 years ago uh, showing that generosity to us. And we really, we really felt it, not least because we, we felt ourselves in a quite a vulnerable position. We felt ourselves to be in a place of need. And really, this story that we've heard today is about the kindness of strangers or the kindness of a stranger. Whenever we receive generosity from someone from whom we don't expect it, it can have a really lasting impression on us. We may remember it for years. We may even remember it for the rest of our lives. What that means, of course, is that we don't have a high expectation that other people would help us. We maybe are surprised because beyond perhaps a, a certain group of people, whether it's our um, family or maybe some close friends or members of our church, we don't have a high expectation that people whom we don't know will help us. And we also may not have an expectancy that we would routinely be ready to offer help to people that we've never met before. Which is quite a, a challenging situation and one I think that's really coming home to us at the moment in these very challenging circumstances, challenging ones for the local community, for the town, um, for the country and also challenges that are global as well. It's really about, well, how, uh, how far does our love need to extend? And really, that's the, that's the question that the expert in the law was really asking Jesus. He was really wanting to know, how far does my love need to extend? It's a very human question. And for the man who was asking that, a Jewish expert in the law, he would have been well aware that in in the strong community ties of the Jewish nation, the teaching was, the expectation was that every Jewish person had a responsibility towards every other Jewish person in the nation. And so really, if you think about it, because we're discovering this challenge at the moment, is 
to live in a country where we actually have a, a deep sense of responsibility towards every other person in the country. That's quite a challenge, but that is the, the challenge that God had put to the people of Israel in the Old Testament, that they would be a people who would love their neighbours as themselves. The interpretation at that time was that that really meant the Jewish nation, that that was going to be challenging enough to be always ready to be a good neighbour towards anybody who lived within your country. And so really that was the question that the expert in the law wanted to clarify. Who is my neighbour? How far does this loving your neighbour command need to go? The man in the ditch in the story that Jesus tells suffered a horrendous attack. He was left for dead and without help he wasn't going to live. The reality is that Jesus wants us to relate to the man lying in the ditch. He said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The thing that opens out eternal life to us, opens out the kingdom of God to us, is us coming to the point where we realise that we're poor in spirit. That without external help coming to us, we're as good as dead. That our life will, it'll peter out. That we are without hope. And so the story that Jesus tells is really a story about God and the human race in which God is the Good Samaritan, that Jesus is the Good Samaritan. And every human being at some point will realise, we hope, that they are the person lying in the ditch. That realisation is actually the start of great things. To realise the fact that for our life to work out, for us to have hope, for us to taste eternal life, and God has placed that desire for eternal life within each and every one of us. For that to happen, we need to realise that we're like the man lying in the ditch. We've been beaten up. We've been left for dead. Either by our own sinful choices or by the sinful actions and choices of other people or by the action of the devil or probably a mixture of all of the above. We come to places in our lives which are full of disappointment, of sickness, of disease and the prospect of death. And so we come, to we come to a place where we feel as if we've been beaten up, that life has beaten us up. We may have that only a number of times in our lives. We may feel like that on a very regular basis and feel that we really, really need help. We realise that within ourselves there are not the resources for us to continue. There are not the resources for us to keep our head held high and to have hope and to feel that we can live the life that we have been made to live. And so in this wonderful story that we know is the, the Good Samaritan, Jesus is telling us about human beings coming to this realisation and then being surprised that help comes from the most unexpected of places. You see, in our lives, when we come across disappointment, 
what happens is that quite often we blame God for our predicament. Our first response quite often is to be angry. And the place that we most often direct our anger is towards God. And so for us, God is a stranger. We don't know who God is. So Jesus tells this story about the Samaritan, one who the Jewish man lying in the ditch would have probably ordinarily despised, would have treated him as a stranger and perhaps would have thought, well, this stranger is only going to make matters worse. He's perhaps going to finish me off. But what happens is that when we realise that we're the man lying in the ditch, we discover that the stranger is willing to give self-sacrificially in a costly way and a comprehensive way of everything that he has. In the story, it's amazing that half of the story of the Good Samaritan is about the sacrificial and comprehensive generosity, the ongoing generosity of the man from Samaria. And so what Jesus is saying to us is, what he's describing to his first listeners and to us is that he has come like one who is treated as a stranger, one who is misunderstood, one who is despised, one whom we think will actually only bring condemnation into our situation of helplessness and disappointment. But actually we discover that help comes from the place where we least expect it to come. That help comes from God himself. He comes, it comes from the one whom we have treated as a stranger. During this challenging global situation, I think all of us sense the importance of displaying love. And what this parable is about is really about displaying limitless love. Because Jesus said that we should go and do likewise. In other words, we should go and be like good Samaritans to other people. The challenge for us as the challenge would have been for that first expert in the law and the hearers that day around Jesus as he taught is the fact that we realise that we don't have it in us. We realise that limitless love seems a fantastic theory, but we realise that we in ourselves actually alone cannot live up to it. We're being reminded of that, and it's wonderful in this current situation to see generosity rising. But all of us know that in that, that's important, yes, to celebrate, but we always realise that one of the reasons why we're celebrating is because actually we have a low expectancy, a low expectation as to how much strangers will actually help one another, even within a country, sometimes even within a community. And so we know that to do as Jesus says will take something outside ourselves. And here's where I want to encourage you. Because the thing about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is this. Whenever we come to Jesus, whenever we realise that he has actually come to us and we are receiving his help, the stranger becomes our closest friend. And then we spend the rest of our lives seeking to become as much like that closest friend as we possibly can. We try and share the love that he has shown us. Because it says in 1 John that we love because he first loved us. 
And the only way for us to show love and compassion and generosity to those who live within our community or within our country or indeed within the whole world is for us to undergo a transformation, to become like the Good Samaritan. But the only way for that to happen is through Jesus Christ. To receive help and mercy and forgiveness and strength and healing from the one who is the stranger initially and becomes our closest and most reliable, in fact, our eternal friend. So I want us to be encouraged because Jesus tells this story not to, not to make us feel that we are without hope. He actually tells us this story to show us where hope is to be found. That hope comes if we are willing to receive it from the person from whom we least expect it. From the one who at some point all of us have treated as a stranger and even more than a stranger we have despised as an enemy. And yet we come to a realisation, hopefully each of us, that there is great mercy to be found with God. And in fact his healing is utterly comprehensive. Even in the face of death we have hope because he has died to give us life eternal through the cross. I'm also encouraged that in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says that even giving a cold cup of water to someone will not be forgotten. It can have eternal consequences when it's done in the name of Jesus Christ. And so in this series about bearing fruit on all of our front lines, particularly in terms of showing the glory and the goodness and generosity of God to people who still treat God as a stranger. The wonderful reality is that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within those who follow Jesus Christ. That we are, we are bound up, we're healed, it's like wine and, and uh, uh, soothing oil being poured upon our wounds. We are we are given restoration, we're put back on our feet and then we have this opportunity to emulate uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us the, the pattern, the, the, the lifestyle, the example of the Good Samaritan. And so that's about uh, a journey of training and learning as the Holy Spirit trains us. It doesn't happen instantaneously, it doesn't happen overnight, it takes time. And for all of us, we will again and again miss opportunities or do things where we think, oh, that wasn't really helpful to that person. I didn't really give glory to God in that moment. But the wonderful thing is there's ongoing forgiveness and there's ongoing help. And so even giving the smallest thing, a word of encouragement, a cup of cold water, anything that we do that is for the glory of Jesus Christ can have massive consequences. And so what we seek to do in our day-to-day -day lives is to be trained by the Holy Spirit and to do small things with great love and to look out for the opportunities to do that. And there will always be opportunities, even in this situation at the moment, which is an unusual situation, there will always be opportunities. But for that to come about, we need to receive help from the stranger. And so I suppose the first thing I would say to each of us today is this, is if you're someone who's watching this and perhaps you know that 
when you feel beaten up, you feel disappointed, and you feel stressed and full of fear. And today, you want to receive help from Jesus Christ, the Good Samaritan. Well, he longs to give you that help. I just encourage you to turn to him and just have a heartfelt conversation with him. And just say, Lord, I feel hopeless and bereft. Help me, please. Strengthen me. Give me a new start. And give me the love that I need to live the life that I know that I should be living. And for us who have made that commitment prior to now, and yet know the fact that our, our love is, is cold uh, compared to the burning fire of the love of God, I just want to encourage us to ask for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And also today, perhaps we just, we need healing. Perhaps it's to do with stress or worry or disappointment or perhaps a physical ailment or physical problems that we have. I just want to encourage us today is to ask God for help. There'll be an opportunity, details after the service, uh, to be prayed with. And if you would like someone to pray with you from the prayer team, then do contact us on the email that Abby will mention later on. Or just as we... Uh, as we're speaking, as we're worshipping today, ask the Lord, come to the Lord and ask for healing. Whether it's emotional or physical or spiritual or mental, whatever it happens to be, ask the Lord for healing. Because the Lord is a gracious God who is swift to help, who is at hand and in fact is like that good Samaritan who is actually out and about and on roads that we may not expect them to be on and is always ready to help the person who's in need. And so today we realise that we, we have this sense that there is a great urgency and need to be people filled with love and filled with generosity and yet we know afresh that we need God's help, we need God's Holy Spirit to enable us to do that and to live that on a consistent basis. Well, God has promised us in Jesus Christ that help is at hand. And the same spirit of the limitless love of Jesus Christ is present for every one of us as we call out to him. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus said to us, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that we come to you with empty hands. And we know, Lord, that your hands are always full and that you have everything that we need. Lord, I pray that you would bring your wholeness and your healing in our lives. We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us for our lack of love towards other people, our, our selfishness. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us because often we have blamed you for things that we have got wrong or what the world has done to us or what the devil has done to us. And Lord, we've blamed you and we're sorry. 
Lord, give us fresh trust in you. Give us the gift of faith today. And Lord, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love, the limitless love that we've heard about in this story. Lord, we receive that love from you. And we give that love as we keep our eyes and ears open and look actively for opportunities to do small things with great love and to do it all for your glory not to look for any reward for ourselves not to seek acknowledgement not even to seek thanks but lord to be trained and for it to become part of our routine that we are just looking to do good until we do it so frequently that we even forget we're doing it because we are being gloriously transformed into Jesus Christ, the Good Samaritan. And it is in his name that we pray.